0: You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit Mike Knopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I saw the other day a really funny, I thought, uh, uh, piece on social media. Uh, that someone had reposted uh, that said, I just came upon irrefutable proof that God is a woman. Because the entire Bible is about what God said, and then men continually having to try their best to explain it over and over again. So that is uh, what I think is going on in the Torah portion this morning. Uh, it begins, via Adonai Moshe. That God spoke to Moses. And then it continues with a, a series of uh, geotags, locational uh, and uh, uh, temporal associations with uh, when and where God spoke to Moses. There's a significance to that, a significance to the locational and, uh, and timestamp of what God said, or uh, when God said, and where God said to Moses. One of the most frequent questions I'm asked by children about God is, why is it that uh, God seems to have spoken to all of these people in Bible times, but doesn't speak to us anymore? And my answer to them is almost always some version of, I do believe that God still speaks to us. I don't think that there was anything... fundamentally different or special about our ancestors uh, for, of God speaking to them uh, that, is, uh, that is a difference of kind from us that God isn't or can't speak to us I think the difference is twofold the first is what we mean when we say that God speaks to us and what we assume that it meant then and what the Torah presents is God speaking in a sort of a verbal fashion a conversation like you and I uh, are talking now uh, and I'm not convinced that that is actually how God ever spoke to any of our ancestors or speaks to us right now. That's the human description of what that encounter is like. The simplest way of explaining it, uh, just like there are simple and less simple ways of trying to explain what women say to us uh, as men, and, uh, but, there, but it is not necessarily exactly what, uh, how, the, how the dialogue works, how the communication works. The other piece is not necessarily how God speaks to us, but how prepared are we to hear messages from God? Not only how do we know what to listen for, but how do we prepare ourselves to listen? This is an important question, I think, because the question, the issue of God speaking to us is the issue of directionality and purpose in our lives, wisdom about the world, understanding of how to engage in human activity and human behavior, how to live, how to respond, how to do, how to engage in our world. That's what's at stake when we want to know what does God say to us and what do we do with what God says to us. And it means that it can't possibly be that God only spoke to our ancestors back then. It has to mean that God at least theoretically, continues to speak to us today. It is, in fact, I think one of the things that we celebrate on Shavuot, is God's voice continually being revealed to us in our time. But this is an important issue, an important question. How does God speak to us, and how do we prepare ourselves to hear the messages that God gives us, however it is that God gives us those messages? And I think even though it seems like a simple geographic identification and date and time identification of God's message to Moses in the beginning of our Torah portion, leading to a fairly mundane, seemingly mundane at least set of commandments about counting the people and preparing for the conquest of the land, there's actually something deeper going on here. So the verse that opens the Torah portion that opens the book of uh, Numbers, Sefer Mibar, begins like this: "V'yitaber Adonai Moshe." God spoke to Moses. BeMibar Sinai, in the wilderness of Sinai, BeOhel Moed, in the tent of meeting, BeChad Lachodes Hashenit, on the first of the second month, B'Shana Hashenit, in the second year. Let's say Tam BeEret Mitzrayim LeMo'ar, on the second year of their exodus from the land of Egypt. Say. The uh, Noam Eli, excuse me, the Noam Eli Melech, a great Hasidic master. And one of the things I love about the Hasidic masters is that they never take the Torah on its surface level, its surface meaning. Say so the real meaning of Torah is underneath the surface. It's trying to, It's not just giving a historical identification. It's not just telling stories about things that happened back then. If you know how to read it, if you know how to decode it, it is actually saying something to us about our experience, our lives, right here and right now. So when it says that God spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tent of meeting, on the first day of the second month, on the second year of leaving Egypt, it's not talking about what happened then. It's talking about each of us right now. It's talking about the possibility of God speaking and where God speaks and to whom God speaks and why God speaks to those people and in those contexts. So the Noam Elimelech says as follows. B'mibar sinai, the bet in Hebrew, can mean in or with. So b'mibar, in the desert, in the wilderness. And the Noam Elimele says that God only speaks to a person who has wilderness in them. What does wilderness mean? Wilderness is identified in our tradition as being ownerless land. Something that's not beholden to their things, or to their property, or to their allegiances and alliances. Someone who is totally open on all sides, as wilderness is. So therefore, God only speaks to those who are open to hearing God. To those who have an expansive view of their own selves, and their own lives, and their own world. A sense of ownerlessness... God's God's voice can only be heard by a person who isn't bound up and tied up and devoted to the things of his or her life. To the ideologies and the nationalisms of his or her life. God's message can only be heard by someone with an open heart and an open soul. And it's not just B'mibar, it's B'mibar Sinai. In the wilderness of Sinai. The rabbis of the Talmud ask, why is it that God revealed uh, the Torah on Mount Sinai? And the answer that they give is because, precisely because Sinai is the lowest of mountains that God revealed the Torah on Mount Sinai. God could have revealed the Torah on Mount Everest. Why didn't God reveal the Torah on Mount Everest? Or on K2? Or on Kilimanjaro? God specifically revealed the Torah on Mount Sinai, say the rabbis, because it was a lowly mountain. To remind us that Torah can only be revealed, God's message can only be heard by the most low. By those who are humble. By those who don't have a strong ego, a sense of pride that serves as a barrier between them and God. By someone who doesn't have a sense of, a, of, of personal exaltation. A sense that they already know everything anyway. A sense that everything that they do is right anyway. Anyway. A sense that they are already good enough. That they're already perfect enough. God's word can't be heard by such a person. So God spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. Because God's voice can only be heard by a person who makes themselves like Sinai. Who sees themselves as humble and as lowly, as undeserving as absent of the ego that stands between them and everything that is. The Ohel Moed in the Tent of Meeting. This has two characteristics. Moed can mean gathering and Moed can mean festival. And I think that God's word comes to people who feature both of those characteristics, who are engaged in both of those works. The first is gathering. God's message, God's word can only be heard by someone who dedicates him or herself, who involves him or herself in the life of community, in the life of people, who feels interconnected and bound up in the destiny of a group who doesn't exclude people, who doesn't marginalize people, who makes sure that everybody is included in the gathering, everybody is included in the assembly, who opens up the doors of the tent to make sure that everybody has a place in there, only such a person, which, by the way, can only be a humble person, only such a person can hear God's word. And Moed also means festival. It means joy. Only a joyous person can hear God. What does that mean? Only a joyous person can hear God? I think that has to do with our disposition in life. The way we encounter the world. Sometimes being humble, feeling lowly, can lead a person to uh, sort of being like Eeyore. You know, everything is, everything is terrible, everything is bad. But you're, you're, you feel so undeserving and unworthy that you assume that nothing good is ever going to happen. And so you look at life and you approach life always as a cup half empty. But there's another way of being humble. There's another way of approaching life and approaching the world, which is to see life as basically good, to direct your attention to see life to filter through the lens of goodness and happiness and possibility and openness, and hope. And so we have two kinds of people. Somebody who views their life through the lens of pessimism and despair, and somebody who views their life even in the challenges that they have through the lens of hope and possibility. And only the second kind of person can hear God's word see the insight that life is offering, can see the words that God is teaching them right now, the direction, the way forward in life, because only a person who approaches life with joy <laughs> believes that there is a way forward and is just looking for a sign, for a direction of that way. And so, Veda Moshe, V'yadabar Adonai El Moshe, Be'ohel Moed. God spoke to Moses in gathering and in joy. Because only a person who gathers with others and sees life through the lens of joy can hear God's word. la chodesh ha'sheni. The Noam Eli Melech says that this means chodesh, the, the first of the month is rosh chodesh, is a new month. Chodesh, of course, is from the same Hebrew root, Chet Dalet Shin as Chadash, which means new. Each month, each new month, each Rosh is pregnant with possibility and offers an opportunity not only for something new, but renewal. The possibility of transformation, the possibility of change, the possibility that something new is on the horizon. And only such a person only a person who sees their life as continual moments and opportunities for renewal, for change, for transformation, for openness to what this new day will bring, and the new person that they are with each, with each passing day, only that person can hear God. Because God is, HaMechadesh Betubo Becho Yom Tamid Maaseh Rishit. God is the one who in God's goodness renews each and every day, each and every moment, the works of creation. In every moment, we are renewed. In every moment, life is renewed. In every moment, we are a new person, a new being, in a new place, in a new time. Every moment is different than the last, and only a person who sees that basic nature of reality that each moment presents itself an opportunity for transformation and renewal to be something different now than we were yesterday. Only such a person can hear God. Only a person who sees the possibility of transformation in each moment, only that person can hear God, because after all, what God calls out to us each day is to become more than we were yesterday to become better than we were the day before, to continue growing, to continue evolving, to continue leading our lives and the world to wholeness and goodness and love and compassion and peace. And so only a person who sees within themselves and within each moment the possibility for transformation, only such a person can hear God's word. We have that again, in the second year. Each moment is an opportunity for transformation. Let's say Tam Me'eretz Mitzrayim of leaving Egypt. Only a person who sees their life in relation to leaving Egypt. To leaving behind those things that bind us and enslave us and hold us back. Who entrap us to masters other than the master of all. Only a person who leaves behind all of their pharaohs? Who shy, who breaks sorry? Who breaks all of their chains. Who sees each moment as an opportunity for liberation from all that holds them back. Who sees no master beyond God. Only such a person can actually hear the voice of the divine. You're gonna to go to the drum, okay, good. Okay. So when you hear that God spoke to Moses it's not so much that God spoke to Moses it's offering us a window and an insight into what it can mean and what we might do that God could continue speaking to us each of us here right now but may Bar Sinai that we make ourselves a wilderness and like Mount Sinai Bel Moed that we see our lives as interconnected and bound up with the destinies of other people, that we strive to live lives of inclusion, that pursue the dignity of each and every person. Moed, that we live our lives through the lens of joy. bechad l'chodesh ha'shenit Bashana ha'shenit that we live each day knowing the possibility of newness and renewal and change and transformation. Let's say Tam that each moment and each day is seen through the prism of leaving Egypt. When we have all of those features, when we see our world in those ways, when we cultivate those virtues, then we will hear God in our world, and in our lives. Today, as yesterday, we, no different than Moses and Aaron, our children, God willing, no different than us.